Ray, you're chanting. I'm not going to Ray. hear this now. I'm not Ray, look. Going to Ray. To Unconscious chanting. You're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Ray, Ray. You're chanting. Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Cindy Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Jeff. And this week, it is Thanksgiving week, or uh, as we are saying here on Spooky Tuesday, T. Hanks giving week because we are covering the 1989 shout out to taylor swift uh, <laughs> <laughs> movie the burb the burbs there's an s at the end the burb. I've had the just burb. one burb yeah i mean it's technically one burb. It, it's in one burb i've had three sips of wine to celebrate t hanks giving and you can already tell She's okay, I call birds burbs. So when you said the burb, I was like, "What? <laughs> what is occurring?" The big right now? burb. Also, and we were just, just talking about the bird movies that we're gonna do on the pod one day. It was in your brain. It's burbs are around me always, and that's just true. Um, but I will say that it's just so nice, and I want to start out this podcast episode by saying, "T Hanks to both of you for being such great podcast." friends and co-patriots i love you t hanks to you t hanks t hanks my friend t hanks yeah i guess i'm very thankful for for what we have here at spooky tuesday that's nice what a sentiment a beautiful sentiment um and and can i just say a beautiful man uh t hanks young very good looking, very much interested, forgot he was ever young. Um, and so it's nice to be reminded. I totally get why he was like a leading man in all of the rom-coms in the nineties, because like he is a little cutie, but like an approachable cutie, you know, like I haven't seen like any of the Tom Hanks rom-coms. Monica, you've never seen sleepless in Seattle. You've got nail, like do you, Monica, you have you of all people have to start celebrating T Hanks giving. Okay. Sounds all right. Necessary. Well, I've, I've kicked it off with the burbs and I will continue it all <laughs> week long, baby. Every night. Okay, I actually will do that. I have no plans on Wednesday. So I know my two beautiful, lovely, but also stupid for have never seen this movie before co-hosts. Rude. I've never uh... seen this movie before. Um, so for you, beautiful listener, if you have also not <laughs> seen- Oh, now you've implied that they're stupid too. How does that feel? No, the listener is beautiful. Y'all are dumb. <laughs> it's, it's different, okay? The customer is always right, Chelsea, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. They're beautiful. Whatever. I get it. Yes. Um, the Burbs is about- an overstressed suburbanite, which is a great word, by the way, like yeah, love I mean. that. 
uh, and his neighbors are convinced that the new family on the block are part of a murderous satanic cult. Love it. I really love that. It's gorgeous. And let me just say that I, it is not for lack of trying that I had not seen this movie. All right. I brought this up last at the end of last episode, but I have been trying for the entire pandemic to watch the verbs. And for a minute there, it was impossible because Peacock only um, was born in the last like year, right? Peacock's new. That's where I watched this movie. In case and I don't know. know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure I used my free Peacock trial when we did Leprechaun. <laughs> okay. I, I think it was gone Shit. after that. <laughs> I think I am the only person that maybe pays for Peacock. So <laughs> sure, sure, sure. What the I mean, hell? You I could have used or whatever, your account. I, I pay for like ad free uh, and it still had ads. So, oh, boo. I rented what it for $4. Hell? You know, whatever. I did, however, look for articles after the fact and I found one article, like literally published yesterday, that was like, people on Reddit like this movie. Um, and that was kind of the entirety of the article. But then at the bottom, it was like, you can watch it on stars. And I was like, I could have watched it on stars. On stars? <laughs> No! What the hell? Maybe that's okay, a yeah, lie. This movie... Maybe that article was wrong, but but I I I trusted implicitly with my life. Journalism is, is true. It yeah. No, no. I've don't heard that I've heard that about journalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that like the movie lives up to the hunt, you know, it like makes you, it makes you really want it. And, and, and sometimes like not being able to have, it makes you want it more. And sometimes that makes you have your, your sight set too high, but this shit was fun as fuck. I had a wonderful time. I had no idea it had such a star studded cast. It even has that spooky guy. Who's the spooky guy. I know his face. Henry Gibson. Is that his name? You mean the spooky it guy? It is Henry Gibson. That guy. Hey. Dr. Kolpak. Yeah. The leprechaun from the D- the DCOM uh, Luckily <gasps> Irish. That's how I fucking know <laughs> him. He's the fucking leprechaun from. Oh my God. What is that movie called? The Luck, of, called the the Luck of the Irish. The Luck of the Irish. Okay. Sorry. I'm obsessed I missed with you. that movie. I almost said wow. the 13th year. That is not. That's, well, that's the, mer- the that's other the one with that same one. guy. <laughs> same same main actor though who was also in pretty oh. little wires oh that's why you've oh. got associated no, he did not house right he yeah he, he is absolutely he's dominated in the 13th year he's not well i don't I suppose know. i could I'm be wrong what to say you are i, I suppose i could actor. be wrong it's unlikely, <laughs> but I suppose it's possible. Unbelievable. Luck okay. of the Irish. We're spending this whole episode just looking things up on IMDb, which I love to do. So why is but, Luck of the Irish so, not pulling up immediately? Oh, here it is. It is pulling up immediately. Also, like the rest of this cast. One, like this movie, uh, Tom Hanks got an Oscar for this movie called Big. Anybody ever heard of it? Oh, I thought you were saying that he got an Oscar for this movie. And I was like, well, that was wrong. That was a bad choice. Continue. He got it for big, but they filmed big after this movie. But this movie was released after big, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there was like some kind of right- swaparoo. Yeah, a little switcherino going on here. And so mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. Uh, he filmed the burbs he like wasn't that big of an actor 
And um, then he won the Oscar for big. And all of a sudden they were like, oh shit, we have this movie with this like huge actor. But this movie also has uh, Bruce Dern, who is Laura Dern's dad. It has Carrie Fisher in it, like young Queen, Carrie Fisher. Queen, Queen, Yeah, I was not prepared for that. And it was a wonderful surprise. Truly um, it also glorious. has Corey Feldman. King, and, King, King. And the star, the motherfucking star of this movie, the dog in this movie. Oh, yeah! Queenie is the dog from uh, Silence of the Lambs. She <gasps> played Precious. Queen, this queen, queen. Dog this is a queen. queen, queen, queen. Okay, queen, talk queen, about queen. a scream queen. Are you kidding me? <gasps> like <laughs> everyone else, sit down. It's Queenie, baby. Queenie is here to make her mark on a lawn. Yeah, and she's going to take a shit all over it. She's going to shit genre. on your lawn. <laughs> okay. Also, let, let us not forget who the director of this movie is, my yes. friends. It is our boy, our man, Joe Dante um, of Gremlin. You might have heard of Gremlins. Have you heard of you this movie heard of Gremlins? Gremlins? It absolutely it has the same vibes as Gremlins. It has the yes. exact same vibes as Gremlins. Oh, my I, God. It's, oh, it felt good. This movie is so good and the more i watch it the more i have such a good time with it too okay that's interesting to me because i um have mixed feelings about the ending and i feel like if i had known what the ending was i might have enjoyed it more overall um and so i'm looking forward to to re-watching it in the future and seeing how i feel but also there are like several alternate endings and now I may have fallen in love with part of one of the alternate endings. So we'll get to that later. Um, but, but it was definitely a wild ride. Definitely a lot of moments that I really enjoyed. There's that one moment where they're doing like, no, and it's got the zoom on them. Yes. I thought that was a lot of fun. That I thought so um, fun. when they're looking at the satanic text and art my my absolute enemy which is why I have mixed feelings about the ending because like that art would ever be validated in anything drives me to insanity um but art does suck a lot oh (laughs) I was like nine minutes in he's the dumb bitch I hate him don't try and kill a crow that (sighs) is such a stupid terrible fucking idea first of all verb um of the titular verbs Second yeah. of all, like crows remember shit and that crow's going to remember that it tr- you tried to murder it and that crow's going to come back with its friends and crows remember faces for like, I don't know how long crows live, but I assume centuries um, and it's going to remember you for all of those centuries and arts made an enemy on this day. Crows never forget, never forgive, never forgets. Um, yeah. Also, I would just say that, um, if any of y'all come into my house and start raiding my fridge and eat my leftover ribs, it's over, baby. It's fucking over, baby. Those are my ribs. My wife, Carrie Fisher, made me those. <laughs> but here's the thing. Did y'all like notice a little of that? Like at one point he was like eating the dog food and he like had a pineapple and he's just like- And there's a pineapple. <laughs> 
there's like yeah, all yeah, these weird pineapple. things and the ribs look like dinosaur ribs they're so big <laughs> huge yeah there are so but- many like everything about this movie is like cartoonish it's like the most cartoonish like live action movie <laughs> i've seen well i was gonna say except for space jam but that's half and half <laughs> actual cartoon <laughs> it's a it's a combo it's a bad it's a bad uh example (laughs) anyway um I do feel like um doing the burbs covering the burbs it might push us into a territory where um and I'm not sure so let me know um but is Corey Feldman in the most movies that we've done so far it's got I mean it's got to be what Nev, a, well, actually, I thought because we Nev. did all four screams. Yeah, it's got to be Nev. And, yeah. But he was and, in Gremlins. He was in Dewey. this. He was in Lost Boys. He's oh, he's yeah. coming for Nev, Courtney, and uh, say David, Arquette. David Arquette. David Arquette. Coming for their title. Damn, you're One so more. Right. One more Corey movie and it's over. It's yeah, over for that. We also will be covering Scream 5 on this podcast, and they all will be in that one. So true. Yes. Oh, Corey, step up your game. <laughs> Honestly, now I'm just gonna start suggesting more Corey Feldman horror movies. I love it. Maybe I would love how, to I mean how the many only are ones I've seen are the ones that you just listed. So uh, <laughs> I've never seen him beyond a little baby child you know not okay he's not that young in in the lost <laughs> boys but like he's like full teen boy here um is with he like is blondie he, mullet is he a teen or like do we think he's like home from college or something i think he's like a young adult so he he's in the like 19 to 23 zone i think that's mm. what kind of the vibe i was getting too because he was like drinking with art but then I was like I don't know I had some neighbors that, house? that would no it's his he says house. it's his parents house at one point well where are he they? says it kind of like throw away but they're on vacation. on vacation at their own lake house they're as anyone vacation. would go on a vacation are they okay. on vacation with art's wife like why is everyone gone at the same time uh, art's just wife is weird. visiting her mom I know that but it's just strange at the you know, house. maybe yeah, there's yeah. like a thruple situation going on with Ooh. Art's wife and Ricky's parents. Honestly, Ooh, I am confident that. that Art's wife deserves better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then again, she's also the one that was like, hey, Art, go kill that crow. So maybe she does not deserve better. Maybe she deserves exactly what she's got. Well, maybe that's just what he said that went down. Mm, how he you interpreted know, her mistaken um where she probably was like buy a bigger bird feeder so it can fit the crows and he was like the bird feeder is too small for the crows the crows must die no art perhaps you must die love that beautiful like thought journey that we just went on for <laughs> for art's it's backstory canon with now, the crow. Baby. it's canon now but yeah okay, okay. first thing i noticed uh-huh. about this movie and it's short is that did you know that this takes place at Wisteria Lane? <laughs> oh my god, does it? Yeah, it was filmed on the Universal Backlot. And actually, I thought it was so interesting because I was like, this movie is called The Burbs. Obviously, I expected like very classic cookie cutter suburbs when it opened up. And so when I saw a Victorian house, I was like, 
that's so strange to me. And it really threw me through a loop that they weren't just like these very cookie cutter, everybody looks the same. Cause I mm-hmm. felt like that would be kind of the point of setting a movie that's a horror movie in the suburbs. Um, but then I literally had the thought like, well, I guess they had fancy houses on Desperate Housewives and that was in the suburbs. So when I saw on IMDb trivia that it is the same stretch of the back lot at Universal, I was like, well, I guess there you go. Oh. It was fucking on site for me, baby. It pans <laughs> to the first house and I was like, that's Wisteria Lane. I have been there <laughs> so many. Okay, one, I've been there in my mind or on, in, on my couch when I watched almost all of Desperate Housewives with my mom. So that, and then also how many times have I been on the universal back to like back lot tour? Too many many times. times. (laughs) It's the best part of going to that theme park. So it's a great time. 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's But also while we're talking about the houses, um, it wasn't just desperate housewives that those, some of those houses were used as sets for, um, Corey Feldman's house was also the Munsters house from 1964 and Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher's house. Yeah. Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher's house was the leave it to beaver house. So I guess they really said we're going full ass suburbs. You know what I mean? Although arguably I would say, um, the, the Clopex house is very, uh, the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Their okay, house is just question. so perfectly spooky. I love it. I have a question. Uh-huh. Yeah. I am a homeowner, you know. Sure. Yeah. I like, to, in, I like why to don't you? let everybody know that, you know. Put but, it on um, last. How would y'all feel if your neighbors had like a really creepy, spooky house? Would y'all like me be insanely jealous? <laughs> it depends would- creepy in what way, I guess. Like their house is like the creepy and like like aesthetic like aesthetically really both like it's clearly like an older looking house mm-hmm. but they've let it like run down a little bit but like not run down in like a trashy way like run down sure. in a spooky way well and then- they do have lots of flies buzzing around at all times which I That's because there may or may not be dead bodies we there may or may not be dead bodies but like, I also feel like uh, digging large grave-sized holes in my backyard during thunderstorms mm-hmm. could be a fun activity that I would like to partake in okay. with a neighbor. Like, I feel like I'd be like, why did they like knock knock on the door and be like, hey, bestie, like, hey, why? do you want to cosplay Louis Sakar's holes? Yeah. And <laughs> I would be like, I love walking barefoot in my lawn during the rain. So of course I want to do this. Digging up, up holes, digging, you know, the people just want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> but it would be so muddy if you were barefoot. Yeah. Gotta, well, some people like the, the rain? feel of the mud between toesies. And Sydney's one of those people. So I'm my neighbors have to think that I am such a weird person. Like every time it rains, my ass like runs out the front door because my grass is like very soft. Mm -hmm. And I just like sit out there and I'm like, no shoes, 
no, not like, uh, I'm like in like normally my PJs, unless it's during the day, then I'm still in my pajamas because I work from home. Um, and I just like walk around like in my front yard. Like there's the most time that you'd be in your PJs. <laughs> just always in your PJs. <laughs> You're like, normally I'd be in my PJs, except for during the work days when I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> Okay, it's PJs only, baby. <laughs> Work from home, that's the uniform. What's the dress code? Pajamas. Pajamas. Yeah, my, my pajamas are my daytime loungewear, and then my PJs yeah, are my, my nighttime <laughs> In the day, I wear my fancy PJs, and in the night, it's the biggest shirt that I own right. covered in stains. You've got your PJs, then you've got your pajamas. No, Karen, that's not right. um there's nuance okay it's there's nuance to it um but yeah over over the weekend I was on Airbnb and next door there was this large plot of land and I thought it was just a plot of land where I could have a little desert action right next to where we were staying and I was very Mm -hmm. excited and then I saw I looked on, on closer inspection I saw two giant holes that were exactly in the shape of like like a grave for bodies they said yeah go ahead and trespass see what happens yeah and then I noticed the no trespassing sign um and then uh I still trespassed uh because there was a cat (laughs) and I was trying to pet the cat cat. all bets Um, are off but like to answer your question Sydney um I would never go to the lengths of, of T. Hanks um, in this film, but I would be very, very, very interested if there were some strange, spooky antics going on. But if there was just a spooky looking house, um, I would be like, I want that house. So I feel like That's I it. would yeah. go, I feel like I would go to the lengths of Michelle Pfeiffer in uh, What Lies Beneath in Creeping on a Neighbor, uh-huh. but maybe not the lengths of t hanks yeah that's good you're in a window you pick up a shoe you do not peel the wallpaper off the wall no like do not do that do i if somebody came into your house peeled wallpaper off the wall murder that's justified Right? You don't know how old that wallpaper is. so fucking expensive. (laughs) And that was nice, pretty as old wallpaper. The inside, the look, the porch absolutely rotted through. The inside of the house messed up. Could have been gorgeous. Had so much potential. I ruined it. I literally was like, this is my dream house. Look at all this old wood. Look at this beautiful fireplace. Look at all of the wallpaper. Okay, but can we talk about the moment where um one of the cola col how do you pronounce their last names claw claw see here's the thing tom hanks calls them the colpex the whole freaking time and then the cop at the end says their name a completely different way too Klopex. but i think it's clopex yeah okay. clopex and then they so- all do that like weirdly vaguely xenophobic thing where they're like is that Eastern European or something? Is that Slavic? Is that Slavic? Yeah. Is that Slavic? And I'm like, okay. Okay. But also, like, I think this movie is supposed to take place, like, right outside of, like, Des Moines, Iowa. Like, I... That's Are you coming kind of, up with that in your head or did you read that? I didn't read that, but that's kind of where, like, when it looked like Big on the map thing, energy. I was like, 
you forget like I lived in Chicago for a while so I kind of and Ohio in Cincinnati so I like this is blowing my mind though because there is a piece of IMDb trivia that's like if you look at the map it suggests that they're in Des Moines Iowa and so I was like she's faking that she knows this off the top of her head um Um, (laughs) she's doing a victory dance yeah even though we're all beautiful idiots Sydney knows she knows her map here's the thing I'm incredible at directions and like (sighs) that like I believe you now I'm very good at it. It's like a savant thing for me. So uh, oh, yeah, I mean, you just demonstrated because I was like, <laughs> no way, that's fake. Um, but yeah, the map suggests that they're in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but then like the license plates and stuff um, suggest that they're like outside of Chicago and Illinois. That's what MDB Trivia said. We're going to go with the 1989's Google Maps and trust that. Oh, it wasn't on, well, maybe it was on IMDb and I didn't put it in my notes. It was somewhere. I read it somewhere. We're going to say it's Des Moines because guess what? I love saying Des Moines and any (laughs) opportunity to say it, I'm going to take it. Shout out to Iowa, baby. (laughs) Shout out to Iowa. Good for them. They've got a movie now. Probably probably others. There's possibly others. Um, Okay. But other people in this movie that are important that we haven't really discussed yet is I just love the whole energy that Walter has and everything he has going on in his life. I his love yellow his cardigan sweater. Look. Yes, he looks very handsome in his uh, yellow cardigan. I love his toupee. I love his toupee. He looks great in his toupee. I love his perfect little queenie dog that we've already dis- already discussed. And I love that he's a smart evil villain who has trained her to shit on other people's lawns that is incredible I wish that I could get BB to do that but he, alas BB is my dog and he's deaf and blind um <laughs> yes like BB can't be trained to do literally anything no There's not no one damn point. thing not one damn thing but you know girl can dream <laughs> Anyway, okay, there's one other bitch that we haven't discussed yet. We already talked about Bruce Stern. What's his character's name? Rumpelstiltskin. Mr. Rumsfield? Rumsfield. Rumpelstiltskin was not not close, okay? That was not not close. It It was kind of close. Anyway, Mark Rumsfield is married somehow to Bonnie Rumsfield, who is that bitch. Absolutely that bitch. Oh, yeah. Bonnie and Mr. Rumsfield are very much giving me, um, what's their name? Marvin and Honey from Fresh Off the Boat. I don't know if you guys ever watched Fresh Off the Boat. I haven't watched I that. I did not. I don't um, have cable. Very much the same energy. That's all you really need to know. Probably a direct reference. A clear I, reference. Why did I say direct? I should uh, take a nap probably later. <sighs> Well, the thing is, it's just like, I want everything that Bonnie has besides Mark. Um, sure, <laughs> like sure, 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 sure. That hair, like, give me that hair. I need that hair. Give Those me that no tan outfit. lines. Oh my God. Okay. She has no, she was just nude. Um, Like a lot of the time <laughs> she was like a almost nude kind of situation. I was not complaining. Um, But some for some reason, the garbage man was complaining about how she's nude. She was not nude, but he was like, oh, there's nude woman. He was like going off about the cul-de-sac because, okay, one of the worst parts of the parts of this movie is how they treat the garbage men yes. in the garbage scene. Very Especially upsetting. the gay garbage man. Which one is gay? The one with the rainbow on his uniform. Oh yeah, that is the gay garbage man. You're right, you're right, you're right. It was a hate crime. It was a hate oh crime is what it was. God. There's a hate crime in this film. We thought it was all fun and games, but no, there's a gay hate crime, which is they throw all the garbage on the ground and then Rumsfeld gets in 
the face of the garbage man is like, you're going to pick up the garbage because you're the garbage man. And I was like, well, he might be the garbage man, but you're a garbage person, Mark. Fuck you. Okay. But did y'all notice? for the rest of the movie that the garbage was never picked up again. Yes. The there. garbage men were truly like, fuck off. They were like, I don't give a shit about you or your taxes paying for my job. Like, I'm not picking this up, you dickwads. I will say though, um, I did have to text our legal expert um, because there was a piece of IMDb trivia that said like, it didn't say the gay garbage man because that was just an Easter egg for us. Um, But it said the garbage man, um, what's the word for curb? Um, I looked up the word cult in my notes. Um, It says during the scene where Art Rumsfeld and Ray tear through the garbage in the street as it's being picked up, one of the garbage men argues with the other over when garbage becomes public domain, citing the curb clause. However, as the garbage was already in the truck, it is legally the city's property. And our legal uh, expert, Alex, said that that is in fact true. And then she sent me a Wikipedia article um, with a case citing that. And so I would just like to say... um, those those gay garbage men should have fought back because now I've decided they're both gay actually yeah no. I was like the one with the rainbow obviously gay because he's got the rainbow and it's not part of the other one's uniform so clearly that was a personal touch that he put on himself um but not everyone who's gay has to um dress quote-unquote gay you know what I mean so we like and also like jumpsuits are gay anyway so I feel like this is a classic like broke back mountain scenario where it's two men alone working together for long hours instead of on a beautiful mountainside this time it's inside of a garbage truck but you know anything can happen sparks can fly anywhere baby okay where's the sequel where's the sequel about the garbage man um i i just want to say that even Uh though i wouldn't be as much like ray as as Ray is like Ray, you know, uh-huh. I wouldn't go fully off the rails. Um, the idea of being taking my only vacation week and staying at home, I would probably also like lose my mind a little bit. I will give him that. Like I would, I would go some of the way in that direction, but I don't think I would ever cause an explosion, but sure. like knock on wood, you know? I mean, who can say what the future holds? Um, That is actually interesting that you bring that up, though, um, because when they first started talking about his vacation um, and his time off of work, in my notes, I was like, does he have a vacation from work or did he have to take a vacation from work? Because the vibes were a little whack. There's like something about that that was off. Um, And then something about their conversation, I was like, okay, I think it's just a regular vacation. Um, but then I think on IMDb trivia or yeah, on IMDb trivia, it says a major subplot that was not explained in the film and only featured in the film's work print version is the reason why Ray Peterson is on vacation. After the events and arrest of the Klopex, Carol walks with Ray where he has a confession. She immediately interrupts him stating that, quote, he'd been fired from his job to surprise him that she had known all this time and didn't say anything. Um, but it says some elements of 
elements of this are still evident in the final cut like when they're talking about he's being stressed and he's gonna like return to work worse off than he was before and he goes on a second vacation after that week of vacation we just saw so like you know what yeah absolutely feeds into him being like I don't want to go to the lake house I want to sit here drink 100 beers and sulk and then I want to absolutely go a little insane which like very lose your job energy extremely lose your job energy that makes the movie make so much more sense because I don't know I read these I read this really interesting article um that was like about the way they did the suburbs in this movie. I think it was The Guardian. Yeah, it was The Guardian, and they did a little little cute article for the 30-year anniversary of the film. That was, oh, almost three years ago now, two years ago now. Um, and they were talking about, like, the way that they portrayed, like, the suburbanites um, and, like, suburban living. Um, and it the the article makes more sense the way that it's written now like the way that the movie actually played out where he was just on vacation because mm-hmm. basically what they're saying is that like all of these characters like they're technically i think they would be like boomer age that's what they referred to them um in this article that they're like they said they're boomers i don't think that they're necessarily boomers though i don't know i feel like that's they, a little they're bit definitely off. boomers like they're, they're boomers okay okay yeah, because they're like they're talking about like it's like this they're generation like of people who like just finished like they are like finally settling down and apparently like that like sort of suburban living in in that way was like still novel enough where like people like lusted after like having this like calm suburban life but then they're also like losing the the spike the sparkle of their their youth like how um a lot of people that in that age group would have like maybe been like protesting Vietnam like years before mm. and like doing all of this like radical, radical living youth, when they were younger, radical child. youth kind of stuff. Yeah. 60s Free flower love. child maybe or something like that or not six or like 70s disco, whatever the fuck. I don't know. And then now they're they're um, settling down into this like bland suburban life. And so the argument of this article was that like, Joe Dante does such a good job showing how these characters are like absolutely fucking desperate for there to be something wrong with the Clopex. Like they need <sighs> there to be something wrong with the Clopex because they've got fucking nothing else going on to give sure. them spark in their sad suburban lives. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking dark. Um uh, but so like I guess it still works with that idea. If 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 Ray got fired, he's extra. Uh, sad you know but I, I, I also like think it it's like would go there just because he's got nothing fucking going on sure ain't got no hobbies sure I think it's um the the suburban masculine urge to gossip you know what I mean um <laughs> guys are always like ladies be gossiping or whatever um that is oh but true, men are but also men absolutely men thank you gossiping and here's the thing that i get annoyed at especially with my father right because i'll be like mark what is the work tea what is going on what is this what is that and he's like i don't know i don't pay attention to any of that stuff come blah, on blah, blah, blah. But then when I know some hot, juicy goss, he's like, 
okay, but what is it? Like, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't pay attention to any of that kind of stuff. I'm like, if you want to receive information, you also have to partake. Come Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Nobody asks me for gossip more than my brother. So that's just (laughs) the honest truth. And it is so man in the suburbs to be like, (laughs) they've got the perfect lawn. They're not taking care of their lawn. Like that is such a lawn talk. The fact that like the shit on the lawn was like the ultimate betrayal. Um, He also (laughs) did fall down um, kind of from the shit. So I would be very furious from that as well. Um, But yeah, that's just like, I'm watching season three of you right now. And there's a lot of lawn talk in that too. Cause it, there, it's a very suburban the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you find that out immediately. So it's not a spoiler. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, big lawn energy, you know, I couldn't give less of a fuck. I plan to have drought resistant landscaping in the wow. my own, maybe hopefully one day. Um, so I won't have to worry about a lawnmower. Sure. Um, Cause they scare me. I've seen too many movies where people run over people with a lawnmower. No, I've seen Sinister, and when we get and to, so that's why. <laughs> when we get to Terror Track Three, when that day rolls around, there is lawnmower suburb content in there for you. Plenty, Ooh, gorgeous. Shit. And when I say plenty, I just mean one very memorable moment, probably. <laughs> Unless there's more that I'm forgetting about. But gosh, was it memorable to me in the fifth grade when I saw it? <laughs> So one of my favorite parts of this movie, which is also like a like foreshadowing thing, I guess, um, is the story about Skip, the fountain, what soda pop, soda fountain operator. Yes. What does that mean? Um, and I know, fountain. yeah, yeah. You know what a soda fountain is? Okay, like, yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah but I've never seen one in real life yeah but like I just picture a really big like one of those machines okay. they have an in and out to pick all of the fest- no, 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 you're, no, you're picturing like the fat burger ones where you get to mix in all the flavors that's exactly. a soda exactly. fountain and Monica. I know it's not that because it's from the 50s. So please enlighten me. Thank you. <laughs> when you come back to Alabama, I can literally name three that I go to regularly. Like my oh pharmacy my God, here is yes! a pharmacy soda Monica. fountain. Because Monica, I want to go. Uh, so so I have to come one time and not go to a soda fountain before I can come another time to go to the soda fountain? Yes. It's, how I, it's the only way I could get oh people to come God. back and visit me in Alabama. <laughs> but Chelsea, when are you well, now I'm not going to come if I don't get to go to the soda fountain the first time. I will take you to all of the soda fountains. If you okay, take I'm on my me way. to a soda fountain, can I have a banana phosphate? And maybe I wait till after I already have it to ask what it is because I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it sounds really good. And that was my favorite part of the whole skip story was like, he was making banana phosphates. And I was like, what could that possibly be? What does it mean? Phosphate well, sounds like a science thing. It, it, it science sounds very chemically. It's a drink. Phosphate? Phosphate is an electrically charged particle that contains the mineral phosphorus. What does that mean in context of a drink? Does this It give works you together with mineral cal- calcium to build strong bones and teeth. So maybe it was healthy. Um, I feel like it, this is something got- that... So it's like Coke and Coca-Cola. It's like this was like, um, 
it's got like a tangy sour taste to it and it's kind of like malty a little bit like it's hmm. um, you're losing oh me oh no you're getting me yeah like <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> monica's like i definitely want a banana i want a banana phosphate side adam me being up. very creepy in the background yeah, Monica. why is he here <laughs> wait what are you looking what do i need it's like italian soda so like italian lemonade he heard you screaming about bananas phosphate. Wait. He's like, I must come in. Adam, come closer to the mic. Adam, get on this mic. <laughs> Adam, come here and say that into the mic. I I Googled that when I was watching the movie because I was like, what are they talking about? And I think it's like Italian soda or like Italian lemonade. That is disappointing and I reject it. And I reject it. I like what Sydney said better. Spicy sour malt soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, I'm right. I, I think everyone's right here. Okay. I here I was thinking he was coming in to give me wine. Um, but he just came in to tell us about Italian soda. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it's just sad. I, I wonder though if a phosphate isn't good for you, um, because Maybe it made Skip go crazy and kill his family and bury him in their backyard. <laughs> well, but bananas apparently are very high in phosphorus, which, as oh. I just said, is is phosphate. Don't recall. Um, so is it just a banana? <laughs> a banana phosphate is just a banana <laughs> in a beautiful presentation. You <laughs> I like bananas, so I still would like, like a, a banana phosphate. Banana split bowl, but it's just a banana. <laughs> banana. I'm allergic to bananas, so I couldn't eat that. Wow, uh, you're losing out apparently because bananas phosphate was all the rage in Des Moines, Iowa, where uh, Skip murdered his family. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> It's like reverend. a banana root beer float. So yeah. they, do they skip a whole banana and then pour. Yeah, it's a whole, but no, the there's no the ice whole cream? banana involved. Tell me more about talk banana about bananas. No, I, I did this to us. We're, we're I did here this now. Us. Okay, what, what are your guys' favorite parts? Because I'm going to be honest. I fell asleep while I was watching this movie. So uh, okay. some of the you details are raging are a little so bit hard edgy. and then you <laughs> fell asleep. My favorite um, part, my favorite part, Monica. Go. Monica was like, I was too gone off the juice, and the juice being a banana phosphate. Yeah, she had yep. too much phosphate. She went crazy. I had too much phosphate. She said, My bones are too strong. <laughs> I must go to sleep now. Um, so, sleep. my favorite part is um, Tom Hanks, Ray has this like dream about everything that's going on when they think mm -hmm. that his neighbors are satanic killers because they think um walt they have killed walter the neighbor who is in charge of queenie the dog queenie's dad yeah queenie's dad queenie's, yeah. dad. queenie's yeah. dad and in this dream one there's like all this weird stuff going on and tom hanks facial expressions like never change he's just like oh okay that's cool but then there's one part where he's like on this giant like barbecue and um, Walter and Queenie like rise out of like a pot, but they have like 
the fake axes coming yes. out of their heads, but it's Walter with a fake axe and he's holding Queenie who also oh, has a fake axe. Oh, it's so gorgeous. It's my also- favorite part of this movie. I was like, this is so funny. And, and so- you have Skip in his soda fountain outfit yes. who's like art really. And he's like, but I'm Skip, you guys. But I'm really Skip. Excuse me, my wine was talking. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> me with my wine, Monica. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Uh, okay, but how suburbanite is it that he's <laughs> dying on a giant like barbecue? Barbecue oh, grill? Not, yeah, like a barbecue grill. Like that's, is that a Weber? With, like, <laughs> right? It's what 100% a Weber because you know they only do name brands in this bitch. Of course. Of course. You have to have the nicest grill on the block. That's the real nightmare of the dream. The Clopacks have a way nicer and bigger grill than him and his, his, uh, masculinity on the, on the block in the cul-de-sac is being challenged (laughs) okay but here's the thing the grill in the dream that tom hanks was being cooked on Mm -hmm. would fit the dinosaur ribs that art was eating at the beginning of the movie (laughs) sure what i feel like you're not mentioning enough important things about the dream sequence though which is also that carrie fisher is wearing a very sexy silk nightie Um, And that also there is a strange to me, perhaps not strange to someone else, but strange to me shot of T. Hanks on the barbecue where his nuts are just so prominent. Oh, I didn't find that weird at all. You're like, I loved it, actually. I was was pretty into it, you know? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) To a, to a T. Hanks nut shot, sure. To a, to a nut, little nut chestnuts shot. roasting on the open fire. <laughs> this is officially a holiday film now. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is a Thanksgiving movie, and so we are getting geared up for the Christmas now, holiday. It is the holiday season, uh-huh. unless you are all of the radio stations that we work with, where they've already started Christmas music. Sure, 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 sure. Unless you are the 99 cent store who put out the Christmas items in the seasonal aisle before <laughs> Halloween. Um, but yeah, I Last think that everything about the dream sequence is so beautiful, but actually what I like more is what comes before that. Um, basically starting with this scene where Art and T. Hanks are in his basement or whatever, and they are reading a book um called what's it called it's in here um the theory and practice of demonology which is ah <laughs> oh, yes ah uh, yes as anyone in the suburbs has just a little book about the theory and practice of demonology they always find a demonology book so fucking easily in any single horror movie which cracks me up okay um, but like is it okay art brings the book right Art's i said classic art yeah well here's the thing i don't think that art would ever go to the library so he must have already had that and that makes me like him a little bit more that's what i said ever since i was nine or ten and heard about skip the banana phosphate guy i've been prepared for this moment one thing that i I also love about art is Mm -hmm. and i know monica will appreciate this that man has an outfit for every occasion true Fuck yeah, he does. Wow. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, he fucking does. I was like, that is some He's big got a loud closet, Monica and I love that. Energy right there. Like, big Monica energy. He should have had a better demonology outfit then, though. Because he's just down in that basement wearing normal-ass clothes, but saying insane-ass shit. Because he's being like, oh, yeah. First of all, he says, um, he pronounces incubus and succubus like incubus and succubus. Um, Maybe which... de- deeply furious, um, but right yeah. on par with his whole character. So it scans. <laughs> if it was a character choice, I absolutely do respect that actor um, for that decision. But he says, Incubus Succubus, he's like, let's go to the religious supply store, which may or may not be a real thing. But he's like, we got to get some lamb blood and all that. They're going to turn you into satanic pate. And uh, he has this whole rant, which is actually incredible, but I didn't transcribe my apologies because it was just so much. Um, but at some point, T. Hanks like claps his hands over his ears and starts to go like, I'm not listening. I'm not listening, essentially. And then Art has this whole moment where he's like, Ray, you're chanting. Ray, look. Right, unconscious chanting, you're chanting. And then he starts to be like, you're chanting, that means they're already in your head. Satan is good, Satan is my pal. Satan is your pal. Oh (laughs) my God. Incredible quote. And then just keeps going from there because like that scene ends with Carrie Fisher being like so unbelievably unimpressed. But then you cut to T. Hanks up in his room watching like three horror movies back to back as he's flipping through channels. Um, and those three horror movies, I looked it up because it was not on IMDb trivia and I will have to add it after the fact. Um, <laughs> but those movies were Race with the Devil from 1975, The Exorcist from 1973, which I did recognize. And then I took a guess and I was wrong because it's the sequel, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from 1986. Two. Those are the three movies that he's watching. And I was like, this is just a gorgeous little homage right here. That is oh. a bad dream, like, smoothie right there. It's a bad a dream great... banana phosphate. Yeah, That's but then he wakes lineup. up. He wakes up and he's like, I got to just watch Mr. Rogers because, like, that was pretty fucked up. That was my favorite, like, back-to-back moment where he, like, mm-hmm. comes out of the dream and he's just like, looks like he's almost in tears watching and like talking along to Mr. Rogers which Tom Hanks later went to star in a movie about Mr. Rogers wow the burbs influence exactly a clear reference a clear reference reference. (laughs) like we have to choose Tom Hanks for this role I've seen the burbs. He's got experience with Mr. Rogers. He knows Mr. Rogers very well. Um, one another favorite part of this movie for me is when the wives are so fed up mm-hmm. that they are like, they- we're just gonna go to this house, okay? Like we're going. Uh, Bonnie and Carol were like not you art you are not welcome art you are banned from the premises like you your wife isn't bitch. here like you are not coming to this goodbye He's deaf not mature enough to join the party absolutely not then again do some freak shit neither is mr rumsfield because he's in there pulling wallpaper knocking on pipes and making some vague nazi accusations right i was just like yeah. oh okay we you went there. to someone's home and you call them a Nazi first thing. 
wait till the second meeting <laughs> before throwing that accusation. <laughs> that's something you do on the second date, okay? Yes. <laughs> but, okay, one thing that, like, annoyed me a little bit, where the fuck did this dog go? Like, where has this oh, dog Marmaduke? been? Right, the entire time. Like, I'm sorry. I would know if my neighbor had a giant ass dog. You would have heard it barking all the time. You would have at least seen it shitting somewhere in a yard. That was such a weird plot point. I don't know why that was even part of it. So worried about the dog because you just said, where did the dog go? And I'm remembering that when they leave the (sighs) house at that one point, I was like, are all of them in the car? Let me make sure because these stupid ass little baby the dogs are going to break them. in. The dog was in the car, but the dog did not return with them. Yeah, but all that matters is that the dog is safe somewhere. It but is, is not... that the case? Can we trust this? Probably. Okay, they're human murderers, not dog, dog murderers. murderers. They've Way got different. standards. Okay. Yeah. I'm comforted. Come on. I'm comforted. Come on. You got to love a dog you gotta love dogs a lot to have a dog that big because that a dog that that's a horse you know that's sure. like a life especially a lifestyle changing animal right <laughs> have- and you could not love dogs if you're like this is my security dog but clearly they were not using it as a security dog this was just like this is our little pet who we love. this is our little baby we should talk about the absolutely batshit ending to this movie because it really throws you through the ringer. And I was getting very stressed out because I was like, Tom Hanks has ruined his life. <laughs> um, but I just, I think it played out in a very, very beautiful way. So who wants to describe it? <laughs> Monica. I was, I was asleep. I was just- asleep. <laughs> She got distracted. I was, I just looked Thinking at my leg and I saw this bruise again. and I saw this line and I thought I had a giant cut on my leg, um, but it's a crease. So wait, Monica, pull your leg back up again. She wants to see her bruise. Yeah. There's so many. You know, They're I so love bad. bruises. They're really, really bad. You guys, uh, that one kind of looks like a pre- Hold on, wait. on air. Listen, horny on main always. <laughs> Sorry, no, reg- no regrets. Okay, one thing I do want, because this room, okay, Monica, your bruise looks like a pretzel. And I would just like to say that um, the Colpex serve the people canned sardines mm. and pretzels. Yeah, it's important to mention. And here's the thing. It is An very incredible important. Moment. No, no, no. It is very important for this reason is um, Ryan likes to eat he's always talking about like oh canned sardines are so good and blah 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 blah. and I'm like you are a psychopath this is a like, red flag like why <laughs> would you do this and we were watching this movie and all of a sudden these like psycho murderers are like serving canned sardines and pretzels and I was just like I am vindicated here and he's like no I can't believe they would serve that but like also it is life sustaining like blah 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 and I was like you are a psychopath for liking canned sardines I will say that (laughs) I watched that scene and I was like that's gross but then I was like and I would a hundred percent eat it if offered to me Oh, for sure. For sure. I try. But like, is my canned for tuna eight. really that far above a canned sardine? Okay, and like- but I don't even eat canned tuna. I think it's gross. 
Well, then okay, this is then not for out you. Of this discussion. That's what. Listen, I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I was like, this the is thing- disgusting. They didn't I have to add love- so many slurpy sounds, though. I'll say that. I would love to know what people like to snack on to look into the their world by mm-hmm. seeing their fave snacks. Yeah. And so I love to try. I love to try. And I would try it and couldn't tell you if I'd like it. Uh, but here we go. <laughs> there was a very funny line in that scene, though, because um, they offered it to sexy Mrs. Renfield. And she was like, I'm trying to cut back and on the incredible idea- that would be me that yeah. would be me Ooh, I'm trying to cut back the sorry. idea of anyone being like I'm trying to limit my sardine intake <laughs> like sorry like what an incredible excuse what an um, incredible is, fake excuse I'm gonna use that Ryan's on Ryan real when- life experience yeah that's literally right Ryan's always like eat this and I'm like I'm sorry I'm trying to cut back his sodium levels are going to be through the, through roof, the roof and he will get mercury poisoning if he keeps <laughs> the shit up. So be careful. <laughs> but okay, so the ending of this movie is just like pure insanity because like I'm not saying call the cops, but I am also not saying trespassing immediately. Take it into your own hands, you know? Like, why Getting are we power doing wires? Of course yes. you're going to electrocute yourself. Of course of you're going to cut you are. The, the big wire up on the pole? That's the you wire said, uh, you're yes. going to cut? That's the fucking wire. ridiculous. Let me take a conducive material, metal, and I'll hold on to it, and then I'll touch it to the wire. And I know there's a rubber coating or whatever, you but don't worry, I'll slice zapped. through it first to directly touch the wire. You deserve to be zapped. Um, but I loved a, a classic um, like cut out of a man through a, a broken wall moment that we get there. Again, something very cartoony about that. It's very uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Um but yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks has really taken matters into his own hands here. And like, I, you know, do a welfare check or something. Call a welfare check on the house and have the police come or something like that. Like, I, I just don't think that the, the, there's enough time to exhume an entire backyard in one evening in order to, to find a body. But, you know. There sure isn't, but also like, it's not even that they think that there are dead bodies or remains buried somewhere mysteriously within that home. It's also that they think their neighbor specifically was murdered and they're just like, yeah, we'll avenge Walter, but also it's not that serious. Like nobody else that deep. Don't worry. Only we can solve Walter's murder. Like, they didn't even for one second think about trying to get into contact with Walter's family or something. Like, <laughs> that, that was not even the moment. They did not. I mean, I guess they didn't have cell phones. So, I guess here's the thing if I was this close to my neighbors, I would be like, hello, I need all of your locations on my iPhone, right? Like, I'd be <laughs> like we're going to do this. And that is how I would solve that because I'd be like, no, 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 I am this person. Chelsea and I share locations with each other. Monica hates me and she Chelsea. She refuses, so refuses to. Oh my to God, refuses. And here's the thing. I don't Ma- want you to fucking know where I am. Then but I, I want to know up where you are. And- okay, but Monica, oh, yeah. why God. Monica? Are you cheating on us with another yeah, what podcast? Are you hiding, what are you hiding? No. What are you hiding? What are you hiding, What are you talking Monica? about? 
look up no, her location looked, and it um, says I just podcast uh, studio. <laughs> I love my um privacy. It's not that I am also on another podcast called Scary Wednesdays. It's not that at all. Wow. Or frightening yes. Fridays. Wow. Wow. Scary oh Wednesdays okay. is like does not pack the same punch as spooky Tuesdays. So don't worry. <laughs> it would be a flop even if I was doing that. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It doesn't sound like um a a burger restaurant chain. You know what I mean? Which is I think why we discovered that spooky Tuesday sounds so good is because it sounds like Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like an existing brand. <laughs> it reminds you of a good so I think about Spooky Tuesday and I think about a good burger. I think about, wow, I think about a good burger. It's Ruby Tuesdays. That's why <laughs> a little diner atmosphere. They probably had well, bananas phosphate at one time. Oh yeah. I'm tasting onion rings that's so weird <laughs> we gotta have some fried pickles in there <laughs> oh man but uh but they I move still... from the back into yes. the basement basement first stupid why would you dig holes before you have to right like why are you doing all that physical labor first yeah well it's because they saw them cl- like digging the graves before right and so they were like well, oh there's certainly bodies back there but they also technically saw them being creepy in the basement first yeah and Very he said true. he found the toupee walter's toupee that was part of the whole reason they thought walter was dead because queenie was loose um and because they found walter's toupee in his house and not on walter's head and they were like walter would never do either of these things walter um leave would queenie never. alone early walter would never toupee. leave queenie alone right and then tom hanks is like being suspicious with his boys um at the clopex house and then after they stumble upon the giant dog what's what's its name because it has a name that's actually somewhat plot relevant um it's named after like a serial killer. Um, oh yeah, the <sighs> dog is named Landrew. It's a great Dane, and it's probably named after. Um, should I try and say this in a French accent? A notorious French serial killer named Henri Landrew. Um, that was my best that I had, and nobody oh, comments on it. Landry. And every- oh yeah, you can give a shot. Um, but he finds the toupee in their basement. Um, and that's why they're like, oh, he must be at their house or whatever. And they think they like, they had stuffed him in the garbage can, hence the garbage man hate crime. Um, and then they think, oh, they must have swapped it and buried it in him in the backyard afterwards. But it's like, if you already know that you paid in the basement, you know that there should be more evidence there, really, if there's anything. That's clearly where they keep their trophies if the toupee is there. So, like, I I certainly would not dig holes. I would just go to the basement. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because they're digging holes, and then they're like, we're not finding anything. Let's break in. And Art is like, you're going to break in? And it's like, you already are on their property digging holes. What does it matter at that point if you break you a window? They're not going to notice the holes? They, they're going to notice the holes, bestie. They're, they're going to notice the gaping holes, bestie. They're going Ew, to. They're gaping. going to. <laughs> but 
But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, are we surprised that this plan is awful? Everything they've done so far is fucking dumb. Loved it, but fucking dumb. <laughs> and, and, and it just gets stupider and stupider because Tom Hanks is like, oh, yes, the bodies must be in this small patch of ground under the ground. Let me keep d digging and digging he, he and digging dig. until I hit metal. And when I hit the metal, oh, I found something. It's a pipe. It's always, it's a pipe. You're it's, under the house. It's going to be a fucking pipe. Bestie. I thought for sure it was going to be sewage. And he was already just like wading ankle deep in sewage, especially yes. when he covered the walkie talkie. I was like, that's poop, girl. Um, but it, it, it wasn't. It was just mud. Um, I really but, thought it was gonna be shit. Yeah, I yeah, I really thought it was gonna be shit. I really did, especially with I the dog. That would have been a really mouse funny. hunt moment, but no. Oh, it all comes back to mouse hunt. It all it comes always back comes to back a little gorge. We will cover on the podcast. Okay, the Tuesday material. Um, uh -huh. but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I don't know this this little stupid. Eat a dumb bitch, bitch. baby. Yeah. And Listen then, to your like, wife, get... Carrie Fisher, first of all, because he really pretended that he was for a second. And then he was like, guess what, girls? I've got a toupee next to my balls. And probably that's why they included the nut shot earlier on in the dream sequence as a yeah, little uh, Easter egg. Area. Yeah, yeah. That, that the nuts would become relevant later in the film. No, totally, totally. Um, but I mean, they're, it's just, it's so dumb. And then like the fucking... The fucking murderers, the Klopex, get the cops involved before the innocent suburbanites get the, the cops involved. Not that I'm saying the cops are good, but like you'd think that that'd be one of the first things that they would try to do is report it to the authorities. But no, um, I love that the house actually explodes, that there's literally an explosion. Um, I think that that is something I did not expect, but also was deeply devastating because that was Sydney's dream house that they just blew up. Um, I was and so... very upset that this beautiful old house was blown up, but Tom Hanks did look real good walking out there after did surviving okay. the explosion. I he was into it. Hot, but also like forever maimed like half his hair was off his eye was very fucked up, fucked up. i like that they made him look fucked up like that was cool the makeup was good um and then we get that fucking monologue man from tom and i'm like okay this is how you know that tom hanks is gonna go on to be an oscar award winning actor and like everybody's i almost said everybody's daddy um which sexualizes him in a way that i did not intend to at the time but i stand by it everybody's daddy um and like he he like he goes off on him and that man has chops. I was slightly moved more than I expected to be at the end of the burps. <laughs> um, I don't know which parts were and were not, but a lot of this movie was improvised. Like a lot hmm. of this movie is improv. And so like, yeah, I don't I know. I can see that. <laughs> right, like, I don't know which parts, but I know like, I think I read something where like a lot like, some of the ending and stuff like was improvised yeah wow. it was because of the writer's strike and so they couldn't do any like 
on-set rewrites or anything like that. Um, they did sort of in an unofficial capacity because they were like, hey, Mr. Writer, who does have a name? And I have read it at one point in time and I'm not currently looking at it and I'll get it up in a second. Um, but they were like, hey, why don't you come on and play a cop so that we can like legally have you on set even though you're technically all the writers are supposed to be on strike. Um, Dana Olson is that person's name. Um, so they hired Dana Olson to play one of the cops so that they could be on set and they could sort of like off the books consult or whatever. But yeah, a lot of this movie has improvised moments where they were kind of just like, here's the idea, here's what we're going for, but you kind of just do it yourself. And part of that, uh, not the monologue exactly, although God, lots of the monologue was so good. Um, and, and lots of that whole end, but um, when he's like, I've been blown up, take me to the hospital, take me to the hospital, I'm sick. And he throws himself on the gurney and he throws the gurney into the ambulance, the gurney gag, that was improvised. That was all so that was Oh, he's genius. Like, and I love- That part was so fucking funny. I love when Tom Hanks just like has an absolute meltdown. It is so funny. It is so funny. But then yeah, we- no. I was really like shook if at that moment, right? Because I haven't seen this shit before. I was like, God, they're so fucking dumb. They have spent their entire lives and they will be going to jail for causing like public destruction, trespassing all of this shit just because he was fucking bored on vacation. I was like, this is a tragedy. <laughs> but thank God. But I, thank God. I, I kind of wanted that ending. And I was open to the Klopek still being creepy serial killer weirdos who um, we kind of see like exposed to the camera, but not necessarily exposed to the characters. Um, that's, I just, I wanted art to be wrong so badly. He's such a bitch. Um, I hated I him hate. so much. Yeah, that like, it drove me insane that he was like onto something. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. stand it. Um, and so I'm I'm open to him being on to something as long as nobody ever tells him you were right. Unfortunately, this movie does tell him you were right. Um, but it, it's such a great lead up to all of it. I mean, like the 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 lead up to Tom Hanks's meltdown is incredible because also you've got like him blowing himself up, but you've got Mr. Rumsfeld, uh, Ricky startling him off the roof and he falls off the roof and he shoots his gun into a car window. R Ricky is tailgating this whole ass thing. Okay. Just like throwing like, a party. But that's, that's such a what mood. we would be doing. Okay. Oh, like Ricky's a, would a vibe. Would you be inside the house? No, I would be drunk in my lawn chair watching it all go down. Yes. <laughs> right. And then when um the Klopaks come home, they come home with their lights off on their car. They see what's going on. They just like reverse out of the neighborhood and then come back with the cops. But then one of them, I think maybe Art is like, distract the police, Ricky. And he's just like, they're in my parents' house. People are in my parents' house eating all of my food. And it's just like, Ricky, is that the best that you have? But he also does. Drunk. He said, I'm uh, too busy ordering 47 pizzas. He also fakely throws himself on top of the police car. <laughs> Amazing. That's true. He's that an is icon. Will die from acting. His craft. Actor. <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful. But okay, so the actual ending is that they end up being murderers. Oh no, so sad. And they killed. 
Okay, this is a real tragedy. They killed the owners of that nice house. The that nice. beautiful house who loved Perfect. their house and didn't want to sell it because it's the perfect house. And they were killed for loving their house too much. It's a tragedy. It's a that would be me. You would have to murder me to get me out of my old Victorian home. <laughs> or you would murder to get into an old Victorian dead home. Body. Right? Over someone else's dead body. Are they going to keep you out? <laughs> okay so here's the thing um i know you said earlier that tom hanks wasn't really tom hanks yet because he hadn't won his oscar but he was already in splash so he was tom hanks to some degree because originally um there's like a bunch of different endings that that were in discussion for this film and originally T. Hanks's character was supposed to die and then when they cast T. Hanks they were like well we can't kill T. Hanks people are not gonna like that um so he got to live which thank god because oh I think he was gonna die in the ambulance not in the explosion so he still would have had to he still would have gotten his epic meltdown um oh thank god but but yeah he was gonna die in the ambulance I think um but obviously the ending that we get in the movie is that Dr. Kolpak Klopak gets in the ambulance with him and then is like, you must have seen the skulls in my crematorium or whatever, which is like, first of all, that trunk is packed with bones. How many more bones could possibly be in the house? We are raising a lot of questions now. And also... Um, if there are a lot of bones still in the house, why would you call the police? Like, it's one thing if you've got all your bones nicely tucked away in your trunk, but like, oh. you've still got bones in the house and you're like, yes, police come on over anyway. Um, but, but so in the movie, they like get in a fight. Hans is driving Hans, the poor weird guy who apparently, um, didn't even hardly audition for the role. He basically like walked into the room and they were like, you've got it, which is like, what, uh, heartbreaking implication um can you imagine the strength of your looks <laughs> oh, alone they were like you have won this part um you won the award you've, you but won this part you want it <laughs> but they crashed the ambulance into art's house and that's when the police realize something funky is going on um and then they expose all of the the bones in the trunk with the crash i think but in the alternate version um originally they were maybe going to be like bodies of cheerleaders in the trunk or the garbage men were maybe going to be in the trunk um oh and God. so i went looking for another the alternate crime. versions i know right um because i was like when i googled what the scary movies were i found like a fun trivia article um, and then it said, like, here's one of the alternate endings, but the YouTube link was broken. So I went to YouTube myself, and the alternate ending that I found on YouTube is even more different and also kind of incredible. Um, and all the commenters were being haters, but that's because they have no taste. Um, but instead of crashing the ambulance, it was like before it got to that part, Carrie Fisher was making Art apologize to T. Hanks for ruining his life. Um, And so Art was being like frog marched over there to apologize, basically. And when they opened the ambulance door, they caught Dr. Klopek with the big ass needle, like leering over Tom Hanks. Um, And then they have this whole scene where the Klopeks are like explaining themselves and being like, Look, we moved to the suburbs for the same reason as everybody else. We just wanted a little privacy. We wanted good free parking. We wanted the quiet. Um, 
And they're like, but you you step out of line for one second in the suburbs. You paint your house the wrong color or you do a little human sacrifice and all of a sudden you're the weirdos. Um, and Hunt is like, wow. they never said shit about us in LA, which I was just like, exactly. Yes, thank Classic you so much for your LA. facial expression. That's exactly. so fucking funny. A little LA shout out for me and the <laughs> alternate ending. I was just like, I wish this was part of the movie because that that whole dialogue was so funny to me. But That's arguably so the ambulance crashing and especially crashing into Art House, Art finally having to face some consequences. Like the alternate ending did have Art needing to apologize, which I appreciate. But Art having to face real consequences of his house getting smashed the fuck up, at least that's deserved. At least mm-hmm. that's deserved. No, totally. I mean, he deserves some comeuppance. But I hate that Okay, he but the did- best part is Art's wife arriving back home during all of this at the very end <laughs> being like what and the fuck is ups- going on mm-hmm. he's more Wait. upset that his wife is home than that his house is on fire oh and i was God. like rolls eyes so hard they fall out of my head like come on <laughs> i also just want to give a shout to the moment um where t hanks is being like citizens arrest i <laughs> arrest you that is the greatest part of this fucking film that is the best thing ever it's amazing there should be more citizens arrests Mm -hmm. one of also my favorite like this movie is really funny and the more that you rewatch it the more i think you kind of pick up on the like nuance like very subtle jokes that they do there's like at the very beginning um it's like Art and Ray and they're like, oh, did you get some new tools? And Ray's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Carol's dad got me some new tools. They're like, oh, are you going to build anything? And he's like, I don't know, probably. And then at the very end, when he's like in the ambulance with Mr. Kolpak, he's like, I can, I got some new tools. Like I can rebuild your house. Like it's fine. Except and the it's consistency like, of script. It's so funny. <laughs> Okay, actually, the fact that you brought that up, there's another thing I just noticed in my joke that, in my joke, there's another thing I just (laughs) noticed in my notes that I wonder if it was some kind of onset joke. Um, But, you know, throughout the movie, Carrie Fisher has short hair. And then in the end, after T. Hanks has exploded himself, he just keeps being like, I'm sorry, honey. Did you get a haircut? Your hair looks so beautiful. Like, he's like, I can no longer discuss this exploded house. I need to just focus on my gorgeous, beautiful wife. Yep, um, but at one point he says, like, did you cut your hair? Um, and he just, like, keeps talking about her hair. I really do like your hair, honey, and that it's different somehow. Um, and I don't, I certainly didn't notice that it was different. But IMDb trivia and I do not know if this is true because it seems so fake. But yeah. on the internet, trivia, so it's, it, it's on the true. internet. Um, IMDb trivia would never lie to me, as we've learned of course over yes, 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 all true. of the episodes. I'm so sorry um, that is true. Yes, but it said that Carrie Fisher was wearing a wig in this movie, <laughs> but that it looked like her real hair. And so whenever she took off her wig in between scenes, everybody was just like why is she wearing a wig because it looks the same this is and so like were they did she not wear her wig for the final scene they shot it like pretty much in order this movie and so like did she take off her wig for the final scene and that's her real hair and that's why they're being like haha it's different like what is that a fun little joke for them what was happening there i need more answers 
That is very confusing. <laughs> right? Yeah. So IMDb trivia says Carrie Fisher actually wore a wig that was pretty similar to her own hairdo. In between takes, she would take it off and the cast couldn't tell the difference. Why? What is happening here? What's okay, going maybe, on? Maybe she had a role coming up where she had to have longer hair. So she was growing it out and she couldn't get it retrimmed for continuity. So she wore a wig so it looked the same the whole time. That could be it. But then if it's her real hair at the end, it would have been longer, not shorter, because they shot the movie in order. Yeah. Well, okay. We should get into our segmentos. Because (laughs) it's time to move on. It's time. It's time to move on. Um, The question that we always ask is, how could it be gayer? And we already have a canonical gay couple that is the two trash men. Um, But... I think oh. innately, if they had given Carrie Fisher a better, bigger role, the film would have had um, more of that uh, pizzazz um, to it that could just, you know, bring that that energy, you know? Um, my biggest qualm with this entire film is that Carrie Fisher isn't in it nearly enough. And I feel like, you know, her character, she at least had kissed a woman in the past before Tom Hanks was around. She definitely experimented in college. Carol definitely did for sure. She and every role that she's ever been in, every character she's ever played has enormous bi-wife energy. 100%. Or bi-husband energy, whatever you call it when you're talking about a lady married to a man who's bisexual. Yes. Oh, Um, yeah. I also feel that at some point after this, Art and Ray will kiss. They'll be like, no, no kisses for art. They're going to do it. No, I'm with you, Sydney. The vibes are there. The vibes are there. They're going to do it. They have trauma bonded over having neighbors that are murderers. They've like, you know, they're, they're like barbecuing in the backyard. They're reminiscing. They're having some brewskis with the boys. And all of a sudden they kiss sparks fly yeah no, first I of all if t hanks and carrie are gonna be swingers with anybody it's gonna be the rumsfields i'm not that's saying, obvious okay you literally that's took obvious. the words out of my mouth the rumsfields are 100 percent swingers there's no way that bonnie is staying just for all of what mark's got happening but okay i gotta say that mark actually does have some vibes um the going on with him there's so much i really truly don't care for about his character but i won't say that he's not a little bit sexy no yeah there's i can't i can't and i won't say it so yeah but uh there's a reason bonnie's with him okay listen all i want to say is there was that pineapple in ray's freezer and you know what an upside down pineapple means you know everybody knows what an upside down pineapple means I don't know. What and if you don't know, pineapple. now you're about to know. Oh, it, it means, means that you're a swinger. Swinger. <laughs> you have an upside down pineapple in your home. Yeah. Like like an art that's a pineapple that's upside down. Or like if or you're something. at the grocery store and you're like in your cart and you put your, you buy a pineapple and you put it upside down. It lets everybody know that you're And then you're swinger. cruising in the grocery yeah. store. Hey, Damn. Me and yeah. my husband saw you from across the produce section, and we could. Me and my husband saw you across pineapple. Me and my husband saw you from across the Trader Joe's produce section, and we just couldn't help but uh. That's honestly that would get me. 
a couple approaches me in the Trader Joe's section and we all know Trader Joe's is the horniest grocery store. I'd oh, be yeah. like, bring it on. Let's go. Sure. What if why not? came over to you and they took the pineapple you already had in your cart and turned it upside down. And then they like looked at you. I'd be like, down. Set, text me your address. She'd I will leave her groceries in the store. She'd walk out immediately to the car um, with them. Yeah. But um, also... I don't remember if we talked about this before we started recording or after we started recording, um, but also Ricky's parents and Art's wife are are a throuple, we decided, right? Like, oh, yeah. Ricky's parents are, are not there. Art's wife is also not there, probably there together. So it's really the only thing that makes sense. Also, Walter's gay. Oh, yeah. Well, that's can- canonical. That's a canonical gay man. Yeah, that's canonical no gay elder, and you should respect him. I'm happy for Queenie, him. I'm also for a gay him. elder. <laughs> respect the Queenie screamy, star. the ultimate Queenie, Queenie, Queenie. the screamy Queenie, Queenie herself. Um, okay, Queenie. so then we asked the the age old question: Where could Maddie Lily? fit into this movie and the answer is that he could either be Corey Feldman's character or be one of his friends because he's oh. the right age then right I yes. was gonna say with complete love and all due respect um Hans Klopek <laughs> oh my god he would be incredible mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh yeah and I would love to uh-huh. see that from him because he does like that cartoonish scary spooky weird so well but I would love to see more like a more haunting quiet just kind of like uncomfortable to be in the vicinity of spooky from him you know what I mean yeah no I totally agree I totally agree that like silence like no words just vibes kind of spooky and I think adding his enormous height and and his like very lanky body and it would add a whole other element of this guy who's just kind of like there in the background, maybe awkwardly leaning in, offering you sardines, like being startled when you are being polite over dinner. Like he would bring a, a beautiful something to the role. Yeah, je ne sais quoi. Uh, I would love that that's it that's the spot for him that is the spot for him because we can't move Corey from where he stands Corey is really and Hans is young girl part Hans is young that guy they took one look at him and they said you're perfect for Hans but also Maddie Lily perfect for Hans would would kill it a hundred percent well then it leads us to the question that we've already it's art and who is the dumb (laughs) bitch it's art it's art. art nine minutes in it was art and I never changed my mind at one moment through this film <laughs> was I tempted for a second to dub T Hanks the stupid bitch for blowing up a whole ass house and himself inside of it sure I was tempted but art was enough part of that that it is unquestionably art it's not art. not a single doubt in my brain he art ain't dog food the he's the dumb bitch he stole the ribs they're all dumb bitches for being friends with him also, but like, whatever. Slim pickings in the cul-de-sac. So that brings us to our knives out of fives. So Chelsea, what did the good people think about this film back in the day? Well, 
it's interesting because this movie got um, pretty panned by critics when it came out. Um, it's not terrible on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 53% rotten from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. But Joe Dante, the director, has talked about how like this movie just did not perform when it was released. And it got a lot of hate. Um but it kind of became were not into it they weren't about it um but it came like as well but the, the the critics probably were living in the cities um because the average person really liked it and it became like it like critics panned it but it did really well at the box office for the most part like it was a box office success generally speaking um and it became a cult classic and he said that it's like probably his most famous or well-known film other than Gremlins, um, which kind of speaks for itself because Gremlins is Gremlins. Um, Gremlins is Gremlins, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. What a great observant observation. Gremlins is Gremlins. Um, (laughs) Observant observation for sure. (laughs) Yes, but so it has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb and it got 53% rotten from critics and 71% fresh from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, So, you know, you've kind of got a couple different takes on it. Um, And I would say that I probably fall like right in between those at least after my first watch um like there definitely was a lot that I really enjoyed um there was a lot that I thought was funny with the editing and with um the music cues that they use like some of it was a little jarring at points um but for the most part I thought they were very funny and I thought a lot of the dialogue was pretty great um I do have have my qualms with the ending um that I've aired out and so like I'd have to do a rewatch to really give it a fair shake but at this point in time I have not yet done that um so maybe one day in the future if we're ever revisiting our ratings I'll I'll this is under review so this is just um a um what's say a word for me that starts with a p that might be the word that's in my head percentage placeholder Poop. No, not any of those. Um, it's like a this is like a probationary rating. Um, probationary is not quite the right word, but it's so close. Um, but it's just for the meantime. Someone at home will be listening, and they'll be like, "This is the word. This is the word." Listener, please, please comment the word we're looking for, dear listener. Help us. Uh, We need so much help. (laughs) <laughs> this happens to me all the time. Anyway, um, this is just a temporary rating until I watch it again. But I would say that it, for me, it's like a 3.5 knives out of fives. Actually, that is probably about 71%. Because um, I enjoyed it and I had a good time. I wish the ending was different. I loved the alternate ending, even though it wasn't like super action packed. We didn't get and a runaway ambulance or anything like that. But I think we still would have gotten T. Hanks slamming the gurney into the ambulance and himself onto the gurney, which is like all I need. You know what I mean? Um, and I and I would have loved a little LA shout out about, and I liked that they brought the human sacrifice element back in that alternate ending. Because yeah. in this, in the regular ending, they kind of just imply that they're serial killers for good real estate, which like, sure, I absolutely get. And like, in this understand. economy, understandable. In this economy, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, what, it wasn't in this economy because it was the 80s and the economy, I, to my knowledge, was 
popping back in those uh, suburb finance, but Wall, in this Wall economy, Street, whatever. Understand. 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 Um, especially for such a beautiful home as that one. Um, and so I was really kind of rooting for them to a degree in this ending. And then in the alternate ending, I liked that they circled back to the human sacrifice with the dream sequence and the demonology book. Um, so for me, I, I can't quite give it a totally fair rating with that knowledge because of, of what this movie could have been for me in the same way that the knowledge of what the movie could have been for cursed influenced Monica's rating. Okay. But here's the thing. I love this movie and I'm still also in perfect agreement with you, Chelsea. Like I will give this a 3.5 out of five because part of me, like, I know the whole thing. It's like up until the very end, you don't know, but like, I would have liked the middle to be a little more sinister, like funny sinister too. You know mm. what I mean? Like yeah. there, there was like room for it to be darker funny. And yeah, this was not that black of a black comedy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like there was a lot more room. I think they could have like, here's the thing. The comedy is really funny. And like what they do is like very funny and stuff, but I would have liked a little, like for them to call it like a black comedy, I would have, I want like a little more dark humor in it. Hmm. And I don't think there was enough dark humor. Yeah. It's adult humor, but it's but not it's like not dark humor. humor. Yeah. yeah. All the people that are like, oh no, I love dark humor. And then they meet me and I actually have dark humor. And then they're like, oh, that's really fucked up. And I'm like, you, you they don't said like I dark just humor meant racism. Not the definition of the you term. Not, <laughs> dark I humor. just meant jokes at other people's expense. That's what by dark humor. I just meant that we're othering people exactly the way the characters in this film are. <laughs> but that's not what dark humor is. Dark humor so, is morbid. Dark do... humor could be violent. Exactly. Get a sense of humor, people. Dark humor. It's so wonderful when we're all in perfect harmony with our ratings. It is so rare, um, but it, it is happening here today on Spooky Tuesday. We should give T. Hanks for this moment. Um, we are giving yeah, T. Hanks also, this special moment. It is a 3.5 from me too. I had a really fun time. It was awesome. Like it was hilarious. It was like what I was looking for in this movie, but I was kind of let down by the ending, even though it was, it was funny. I feel like I never found out some details that I would want to know about the family. It just felt kind of, um, you know, hollow in that way. Like there's no, you don't figure out like their modus operandi, why they're, why they're doing it. I don't know one fucking thing about Hans. What's their motivation? I don't know one fucking thing killers. about Ruben. Like, I don't know anything about any of them. And if I'd known a little bit more, I would have cared a little bit more. I know that it's a comedy, but like, I like to care. Um, I will say that like, you know, this movie is made so much better by that Tom Hanks monologue. I mean, it was the whole movie was yes. great, but like that monologue, man. Oh, I was like, give him the Oscar, give him the Oscar. Um, and it, it was really, really fun. I'm really, really glad I watched it. I'm really glad that I searched for a whole year and a half and finally <laughs> found it. I, I didn't search that hard. No, I didn't look for a while. I gave up. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. And it actually is a great movie for Thanksgiving. So, you know, having a Tom Hanks marathon on Thanksgiving 
it just makes sense, Sydney. You're doing the right thing here by forcing your family to do this. So good here's job. the thing. Technically, my mom was the one that started this because my mom loves like Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail. And so it, they were always movies that we could easily watch together. And then I just expanded on it. And I was like, and I was just like, this could be a good excuse to watch Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> oh my God. We all, you don't need an excuse to watch Saving Private Ryan, baby. <laughs> So that wraps us up for T. Hanks giving. I hope you're giving T. Hanks all week. We are T. Hanks full for you for listening on this, this fine day. Um, but next week is actually something um, that's pretty fucking big. And I will let Chelsea. I mean, I'm pretty T. Hanks lore here. Yeah. Um, we did a little Easter egg for you earlier in this episode when we mentioned Fifth Tuesdays. Um, because we are having our very first Fifth Tuesday next week. That's the air horn. Oh, they knew. It was a great air horn. They could tell. Um, oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> but we are doing a very special film um, for our first Fifth Tuesday. It is horror adjacent in a way. Um, people it's treated it like it was the many. most. Yeah, people treated it like it was the most horrifying thing on earth for a very long time. It had a renaissance recently in the last few years um, and was deserved, even though when the new book came out, I did not finish reading it. Um, but that said, um, next week we will be taking on the instant classic, the romance, the drama, the monster movie. So kind of in a way it fits right in. It's a um, small indie film. I don't know if any of you have of ever heard of it. <laughs> If you've seen The Ring, then you've seen um, the the director. Uh, what did we say? What was our joke about that? Anyway, the movie's oh. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fucking Twilight, y'all. We're and Twilight. Like, okay, like. Monica sent a I'm group embarrassed text. already for how I'm going to act. <laughs> Monica sent a group text the other day and she's like, I'm so fucking ready to watch Twilight and talk about it on this podcast. And honestly, same. I'm, I'm gonna start playing my fucking vinyl of the soundtrack to this. The film. soundtrack is so now. good. I'm I'm hyped. I hated all the people that like had the moment where they're like, "Oh my god, we hate this," and I'm just like, "Oh, I've always loved Twilight," and now it had a renaissance, baby. Yes, We're everyone back. who ever said you have a better love story than Twilight can eat it. First of all, eat um, my ass. <laughs> There's this thing. <laughs> There's this thing about me, this like cute thing that I do where like I will love something so much and it will be my entire fucking world, like my entire life. And then instead of getting over it, I will flip the goddamn switch and hate it like it's the worst thing in the entire world and talk shit on it for years. Did it to Taylor Swift, did it to the Jonas Brothers, did it with Twilight. But baby, I'm back. And um, there are things to be pointed out that are flaws in this film, so I stand by that. But this movie is my house where I live, and I live in my house, and I love my house, and it's beautiful. Sydney has a house, I have Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney has a house and Twilight, which is she my has it all. Oh my god, rub it in, why don't you? I will. <laughs> so yeah, join us. So next if you week like, would you hear our first, our first, 
our very first Fifth Tuesday. And if you don't want to hear us talk about that, well, then just wait a week and then come back for the first <laughs> for the one after that for the first week in December. Um, and 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 it'll be something different. But anyway, um, why not give us five stars? You know, you you've had a good time. You're feeling T Hanksful. I'm feeling you definitely want to. Why don't just give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or even Podchaser if you don't have an iPhone, which is totally fine. There's options for you now. So just consider it. Also, why not follow us on social media? You can engage with us all week long, not just on Tuesdays. It's a dream. At Spooky Tuesday. Excuse me. At Spooky underscore Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) On TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Did I get all of them? That's no, yeah, that's it. And then also we're at Spooky Tuesday Pod on Facebook and Tumblr. And I'll keep plugging it. We've got 13 followers now on Letterboxd. So <laughs> follow us there at Spooky Tuesday for all of our reviews. Thanks for listening. We're very listening. Listening. <laughs> I said listening because I was gonna say thanksful. <laughs> thanksful for listening. Bye, Spooky. We're thankful for you listening. <laughs> Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. God, I love this street.